for the moms who raised us up, gave us love, and made us strong. For the praying moms who don't always know what to do, but always know who to talk to. For the hurting moms who've loved and lost, but never given up. For those who never got called mom, but who cared for us all like a mom would. For the young moms who became moms sooner than expected and gave it all they had. For the single moms who tirelessly and courageously learned how to do this on their own. For the stepmoms and the stand-in moms who rose to the occasion and loved us well. For the working moms, the stay-home moms, the cooking moms, and the takeout moms, thank you for teaching us how to walk, how to learn, and how to make a difference. For taking care of us when you barely had enough time to take care of yourself. For comforting us when we felt alone and afraid. For lifting us up when others put us down. For the rides, the meals, the laundry, and the birthday parties. For the years, tears, laughter, and love. It's not enough, but we want to say thank you. doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. We love you. We honor you. We remember you today. Happy Mother's Day. I'd like to pray over our moms today. Would you join me? Lord, we thank you for all of our incredible moms. Those that are here in this place, those that might be scattered and uh, living elsewhere, but we just pray your blessing upon them. Well, we know that uh, today is a uh, day of great celebration and uh, great fun and excitement as we share in uh, the wonder of motherhood and what our moms mean to us. But we also know it's a, it's a sad day. It's a hard day for some moms and some women. And so, God, we want to be sensitive to that and be aware. And we just pray that you'll uh, be with that uh, woman that uh, might be hurting today, that mom that might be hurting today, some who haven't been able to have children uh, maybe a child who's estranged, or uh, uh, maybe there's uh, folks here today that uh, have lost their mother this past year, and there's a little bit of sadness connected to that. We just pray you'll encourage and strengthen. At the same time, Lord, we pray you'll bless every mom. Let them know how much we love them and appreciate them, how uh, vital they are to our lives and the great import that they've played in our life. And I just pray your incredible blessing on moms here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One more time, would you put your hands together for all of our moms? Happy, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We appreciate you very, very much. I want you to uh, 
uh, join me in celebrating my mom on Mother's Day. Right there, look at this picture. There's a picture where it is. That's actually not her right there. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Love my mom very much, and she has uh, impacted me uh, in so many incredible ways. I just really appreciate her. All the good in my life is because of my mom. All the bad is because of my dad. Okay, so uh, there you go. Uh, just kidding, kind of. Um, came across some funny Mother's Day quotes here the other day. Maybe some of you moms can relate to these. I live in a madhouse run by a tiny army that I made myself. <laughs> To be honest, I'm just winging it. Life, motherhood, my eyeliner, everything. Uh, Someone, uh, sure, sometimes I question my parenting, but to be honest, sometimes I question my child's childing. I'm sure every uh, mom can relate to that. Some days I amaze myself. Other days I put laundry in the oven. Uh, How many have done that? Uh, And then I love this nutritional cup here at the end. That kind of says it all. Nutritional facts about mom. They're unbelievable, unconditional love. Since last summer, we've been in a series walking through what it means to have a biblical worldview. And today, I want to really tie that in uh, to Mother's Day and and families and relationships. But if you look at this uh, next slide, you'll recall that we've talked about this quite a bit. uh, And we've talked about how we want to live life in the center of three circles. We want to live, love, and lead like Jesus. And that involves at least these three bigger circles that you see here in this Venn diagram. Uh, The first is biblical morality. We want to be anchored in God's word, God's truth. We want to be really uh, uh, deep in the word of God. We want to believe deeply in the teachings of scripture. But we also understand that we need to reach passionately, and that's biblical purposes. That's the Great Commission, reaching into all the world and helping people come to find Christ. So we want to believe very deeply, but we also want to reach and let people everywhere know about what it means to be a Christ follower. And we also need to live like Jesus, which means we need to be all about biblical virtues. We need to love fiercely, and that's what we've been talking about uh, this spring, and we're going to talk about through the summer when we look at the fruit of the Spirit. This spring, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 13. When it comes to loving fiercely, there's nobody on the planet that loves fiercely like moms. And I think back, I can, uh, you know, I'm only 22, and so I can think back uh, to uh, my earlier life. And, uh, uh, you know, there have been times my mom loved me so fiercely uh, that uh, she got in my grill. There were times that she loved me fiercely. She defended me. And she always loved fiercely uh, me and my brothers. And, uh, and I know that's true of every one of you moms as well. Loving fiercely is what moms do and do well. And we've been all called to love fiercely, to live love and lead like Jesus. Today I want to talk about the vital signs of love, love's vital signs. You know, we have a, a great group of doctors in our church, and if, if uh, I were to bring them up here and they would talk about, uh, you know, assessing health, they would talk about vital signs. And I have to Google it. They know it innately, but I have to Google it. And it's interesting. Uh, some say there's four vital signs. Some say there's five, six. Some say even seven, and probably there's more. But, you know, some of the primary ones, of course, are body temperature, pulse, respiration, blood pressure. Others add pupils, skin, and, you know, doctors could define that much better. We're not here to talk about assessing health, and we're not here to talk about physical health, but I do want to talk today about relational health, and I want to ask you, what are uh, love's vital signs that lead to relational health? 
And I submit to you today that there are 13 found in 1 Corinthians 13. And we're not going to take three hours to talk about all 13 today. And how many said a big amen to that? But I do want to just highlight in verses 4 through 8, these 13, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it doesn't boast. In fact, to kind of speed this up a little bit, I'm going to take us to the very next slide. And there you'll see all 13 of these listed. Be patient, be kind, be humble, be honoring, be selfless, be self-controlled, forgiving, truthful, protecting, trusting, hopeful, be persevering, be constant. And I think it's so, so important for us to filter our lives through these 13 on a regular basis and ask the question honestly before God, am I growing, am I becoming more like Christ in all 13 of these areas? In fact, on the next slide, I have a little bit of a, uh, a test where you can grade yourself. And by the way, this is on the app, and it's also online. For those of you that are watching online, you can get uh, all of this information. And I would strongly encourage us on a regular basis to filter our lives through these and then go to God and say, Lord, help me. I need to grow in this area and in this area, and especially over here in that area. So many times things kind of come through one ear and go out the other, and we don't meditate, ponder, think about it, evaluate, assess how it is or is not happening in our own lives. So our greatest goal is to live, love, and lead like Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. We're going to look at three uh, vital signs of love today, but it's none of these 13. We're going to look at three additional vital signs that come from the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13. Verses 4 through 8, that's where, you know, the, the money vital signs are at. But the first three verses contain three other ones that I want us to look at. I think it's easy to overlook them and kind of speed by these opening verses, you know, as we rush to get to verse number 4. So let's take a look at the first one. Love is seen in what we say and how we say it. So I'm asking us all to kind of evaluate our communication habits and patterns here today. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Christ-like love is careful. It's full of care. It's compassionate and empathetic. It's loving. How we talk to each other matters. This scripture says I can speak with eloquent, eloquence. I can uh, win every argument. I can... Uh, marshal the most logical support for my side of, of, of uh, an opinion, but if I lack love, it matters nothing. Without love, it doesn't matter at all. We conveniently speed by verse number one and two and three to get into some of the others, but we're challenged here today that we need to be careful on how we talk. On Mother's Day, be careful how you talk to your mom. And let's all make our moms proud by how we talk to other people. How we talk, what we say, and how we say it. Now, I've been in ministry for many, many years, and I uh, have noticed on many occasions, husbands and wives don't just disagree a little bit. They sometimes annihilate each other. And sometimes it's not a whole lot different between parents and kids and kids and parents. And it doesn't take long with that kind of modus operandi to where family health and family relationships take a nosedive. Very destructive, what we say and how we say it. And, and I've come to believe that there are some compassion communication considerations that are really important for us to think about on a regular basis. And it has to do with the topic, the timing, and the tone. You know, what is the topic we're talking about? Not everything is equally important. 
We don't have to die on every mountain. Not everything has to become a major, major argument or challenge. And then the timing's really important. If we have something really important that we need to talk about, let's take husband and, and wife, for example, mom and dad, you know, if we're right in the middle of dinner time and homework time and getting the kids uh, bath time and getting the kids ready to go to bed, that's probably not the best time to have that really, really serious conversation. And then always the tone. Screaming and yelling and uh, kind of vitriol and bitterness. You know, we live in a culture where there's so much of that. In case you haven't noticed, there's been a lot of conflict the last few years. Anybody notice that? A lot of vitriol, a lot of conflict. And it's incumbent upon you and me as followers of Jesus Christ to set a different trajectory and to live, love, and lead like Jesus You don't have to agree with everybody, but we do want to be like Jesus in the midst of whatever challenges we find ourselves in. Timing, tone, topic, so important. We use this uh, phrase over and over again here at BCA, we want to live, love, and lead like Jesus. Another thing we talk about is walking in the footsteps of Jesus. In fact, you heard me use that phrase last week when I talked about our upcoming Holy Land uh, trip, you know, walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And Uh, Many of you have asked about it. We have an information meeting next week. You can uh, check online and sign up for that. But as much as I encourage everybody to go to the Holy Land at some point in their life and really invest in their spiritual growth and Bible growth, the most important thing is that we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. We live, love, and lead like Jesus. You know, what would Jesus do? We have all of these great phrases and sayings, but the question, the real question is, am I doing it? Am I walking in the footsteps of Jesus? Am I communicating like Jesus? Am I caring in my communication, timing, tone, and topic? This love that that Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians 13 is Calvary love. It's go to the cross and die for others kind of love. And that's the kind of love you and I are to grow into, grow up toward. If I don't display the love of Christ in how I talk and communicate with other people, then it shows my immaturity or lack of maturity and really shows me where I need to really get serious about growing up in Jesus Christ. Look at these verses. Instead, speak the truth in love. We need to speak. You know, don't sweep all of our concerns under the carpet, but we need to also speak the truth, and that's representing not just what we think, but the other person, and we need to do it in love. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. A soothing tongue is a tree of life. Psalm 16, 21, sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. So on Mother's Day 2022, as we focus on relational health, the first question to ask ourselves is how well am I communicating? What am I talking about and what is the tone quality of what I'm talking about? And I would encourage you to take this little... uh, Uh, grade here. Grade yourself out. Let's go ahead and look at that next final slide here. Uh, How healthy is my communication when I think of topic, timing, and tone? You know, I'm awesome. I'm just like Jesus. Since we don't have any liars here, nobody's going to put a five, uh, because we just went through the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not lie. How many remember that? Uh, But I bet you there's a lot of number fours in this church. I know a lot of people that I would say, hey, I know you. I've known you for a long time. You're a four. Three, You know, as you grade yourself, you say, you know, I'm not really that healthy. I'm 50-50. Or maybe you give yourself a two, very unhealthy. I'm I'm always screaming and yelling at somebody else. 
Or number one, I'm on life support. It's not going well at all. You know, grade yourself honestly before God and just then take that to the Lord and say, Lord, here's where I need to grow. Help me, help me. Help me grow, Lord. The second is also found in verse number one of 1 Corinthians 13. It's really inherent in that verse, and that is the whole idea about listening. Love is seen in how well we listen. You know, the idea of somebody talking also includes somebody doing the listening. That's how communication happens, talking and listening. We must tame our talk, and we need to learn how to listen. Listening shows we care. Jesus is a perfect example. Look at story after story after story in the New Testament. Jesus is listening, 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 listening to people. What a great way to find out what's going on in another person's life. What a great way to find out where a person's hurting or caring. Jesus is our perfect, perfect example. If someone is talking and nobody's listening, guess what? (laughs) There's no communication. And when we don't listen, we're basically saying, what you are saying to me does not matter. I don't even want to take the time to listen to it. I, I don't care about what you're about to say. Lisa and I celebrate our 37th wedding anniversary this coming Tuesday. She deserves a medal, a medal, a trophy. And so, you know, we've been married a long time and had, uh, you know, just a great time raising our family. And, you know, uh, I have learned one thing about myself. I still need to get better at listening. You would think after all those years, I'd be a good listener. I found myself working on this part of the message this week saying, man, I'm really not elite at anything in life. But one thing I want to be really elite at is as a listener. I would love to get really better at that. And I've got to grow. I've got to get better at it. Maybe you do too. How can we get better? How can we grow? How can we become elite listeners? When someone's talking, they're telling you how they feel. What a great way to learn. When somebody's talking, they may tell you how they're hurting. What a great way to know how you can be a blessing. When someone's talking, what a great way to better understand them and where they're coming from. Are you a good listener? You know, we talk about reflective listening, eye contact, you know, looking into the eye of that person, you know, not wandering, you know, working on something else. Uh, body language, you know, we're nodding our head, hey, I'm with you, I'm with you, we, we've heard all about that. Verbal recognition, you know, where we kind of pair it back, okay, if I understand what you're saying, you mean this, this, and this. You know, there's, there's techniques and ways to become better listeners that are really worth employing. You know, God did create us, you've heard this before, with two ears and one mouth, and we need to listen twice as much as we talk. How many have heard that before? I came across this funny video that uh, I bet you just a few moms in here are going to identify with. Um, How many of you moms have ever said to yourself, with regard to your elementary, middle school, and high school kids, they just don't listen to me? I want you to see if you can detect just a little tinge of sarcasm as this mom speaks. Let's watch. Oh, you don't have to wash your hands. I have so much time to myself. Hey, walk away when I'm talking to you. My kids really respect my privacy. When this timer goes off, please turn it off and do not tell me. 
Thanks. Here, can you use up all my battery? Don't call me when you get there. I don't want to know where you are. It is just too quiet in this car. Okay, we're about to leave for church, so if you're going to make a huge mess, you better do it now. I don't know. Your dad usually does everything around here. All of these people are such good drivers. Eating dinner is completely optional. Hanging up your towel is completely optional. Flushing the toilet is completely optional. Okay, this time, can you smile more like a crazed lunatic? Hey, you want to dig through the fridge for the fifth time today? I'd definitely rather be here than at the beach. I am loving the look of these chips on the floor. I am loving the smell of your feet in my face. I am loving this back pain. Get a massage. Ew. No thanks. Take anything you want from my closet and don't worry about putting it back. Don't look at the camera. Look over there. If your sister takes your toy, just give her a good smack on the head. Hey, come drink that grape juice in here on the carpet. It's dinner time. Everybody come get a snack. Hey, did you know you can wear the same pair of underwear all week long? Said no mom ever. <laughs> you know, it's one thing when kids don't listen well and it's something they need to learn, but it's another thing when we as adults don't listen very well. And the Bible talks a lot about the importance of listening. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. We flip-flop that so often. A wise man listens. Who wants to be wise? To answer before listening, that is the folly and shame. Have you ever had somebody cut you off mid-sentence? Have you ever cut someone else off mid-sentence? Of course. So we need to check the vital signs of active listening. Are we good listeners? Are we elite listeners? Can we become better at listening? And on this Mother's Day... We need to ask yourself, am I a good listener to my mom? Am I making my mom proud by how well I'm listening to other people? And the most important person to listen to above all, of course, is God. Are we listening to God? Have I committed my life to God? Am I following the Lord? And one of the best ways to listen is through prayer. We communicate, we share our needs, and then we listen to what he has to say. Many of you were with us for our prayer meeting last Sunday night. And uh, it was awesome to gather together and pray. And uh, we're doing this from 6 to 7 every Sunday night, six weeks at 6 o'clock. And uh, as you leave today, I have a, a prayer card I'm going to give you on how to pray for your family. Uh, I've kind of reworked this, handed out before, but this is something you can put up somewhere and uh, use as a, a rubric, a guide, a template to pray. And I'm sure we'll use it uh, tonight as well. How are you doing in this area of listening? If you were to grade yourself, how would you mark it? Perfect. I'm all over it. Ah, not too bad. Uh, you know, 50-50. Not great. Uh, pretty unhealthy. Actually, I'm not a very good listener at all. Or number one, I'm on listening life support. Finally, number three, love is seen when we realize we don't always have to be right. Do you always have to be right? How many know someone that always has to be right? How many is sitting next to somebody who, no, don't, don't, uh, don't raise your hand there. Let's not go there. Whatever we do, we want to leave as friends for heaven's sake. Now, I want you to look at verses 2 and 3 because, again, I think we kind of fly by this a lot of times on our race to get to verse number 4. But it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mystery and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
I mean, just kind of parse out that couple of scriptures for a moment. It says here, if I have the ability to predict the future, you know, prophecy, man, I can anticipate and predict the future. That's amazing. You know, if, if I have the ability to possess all the knowledge in the world, wow, that's a lot of knowledge. If I am a spiritual giant, I'm even willing to, to throw my body on a fire and be burnt at a stake, as one translation puts at it. Wow, that is deeply spiritual. That's incredible. But then what's Paul say after that? If you have all of that going for you, but you don't have love, it's worthless. It's worthless. If you're not living, loving, and leading like Jesus, if you're not loving fiercely, it's worthless. All that other stuff doesn't matter. Oh, it might matter to other people. You might be impressive to other people, but to me, God says, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It's all about love. Truth means nothing without love. Faith means nothing without love. And yet, there's so much arguing today, so much vitriol today, so much anger today. So many are dictatorial, authoritarian. God says you can be technically right on a topic, but be absolutely wrong because you lack love. Wow. That's a new thought to a lot of people. Do you have to be right all the time? Are you authoritarian, dictatorial? Jesus says, try to live, love, and lead like me. Try a little humility. And understand, you don't know everything. Try a little love. Try a little empathy. Try some kindness. How about some compassion? Live, love, and lead like me. Love fiercely. Fiercely. Like a mom loves her child. That kind of love. Like Jesus loves you. That kind of love. Some of you are students of psychology, and you've come across something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. In psychology, this is a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers or people in general. In other words, people think they know a whole lot more about a topic than they actually do. We've seen a lot of that over these last few years. Psychologists state that studies show on the other hand, healthy thinking is where we realize we're not always right. We can admit that we don't know everything because we don't. Especially when others are more experienced, competent, or learned are involved. Now, I go to the doctor because I really appreciate hearing their advice and expertise. I'm not a medical doctor. I really like to have that input to help me you know, make wise decisions. I take my car into the mechanic because I really value their input. I'm not a mechanic. I really value their expertise and insight. They've been working on vehicles forever and ever. They, they know all about that. We all go to financial advisors and we go to other people that have devoted their lives to become experts in the field as much as that is humanly possible. And we find many of us great value from that kind of thing. About a month ago, I went to see a, a specialist with regard to a, a neck pain that uh, I've dealt with for the last many years. And I uh, found myself grappling and, and challenged by that whole thing. 
And uh, so I went to the specialist and I said, you know, at first I thought it was a shoulder problem. They did an MRI. No, it's the neck. And sometimes the pain is really severe. Other times it's not all that severe. Um, and so it kind of comes and goes. And I basically wanted to go in and say, hey, I'm only 32 years old. Do I need to get surgery now or can I wait 10 years? And uh, if I can rough through it, tough it out, you know, I'm not really interested in surgery, but I want to make a wise decision. Can you give me some advice and input? And so we talked that through and, uh, you know, decided that, uh, you know, I don't need to do the surgery. But I found that very, very helpful. But I didn't come to any of you and ask that question unless you are a, a neck specialist. Uh, I suppose I could have, but, you know, to the rest of us who aren't, I wouldn't come to you for that advice. And if you had a neck problem, you wouldn't come to me for that advice either. And it's easy to kind of get caught up in our own brilliance and our own expertise and, and think we know everything and to become dictatorial and authoritarian and, and be argumentative and, you know, try to make every challenge a battle to fight and a war to win. We need to, you know, humble ourselves. We need to demonstrate more compassion. We need to pray. So I want to ask you, how are you doing on this last one? Are you loving like Jesus? Not so perfect, but doing okay? Nah, about 50-50. But when it comes to this whole area of realize we don't always have to be right about everything and demonstrating humility and the need to learn and grow, say, I'm not doing very good at all. As you bow your heads with me and as we pray, I want you just to ask yourself, as you probably have been doing all through this message, ask yourself, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to become more like Jesus? If I'm going to live, love, and lead like Jesus, if I'm going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, what would Jesus do? If I were to do what Jesus would do, how, how is my communication? the topic, the timing, the tone. How is my listening? Am I an elite listener? Am I a poor listener? Where am I? And, and do I always have to be right? Do people around me say, man, that person has a nasty side to them. They're just always arguing, always being authoritative, always being dictatorial. Jesus says, even if you did know everything about everything about everything, but you lacked love, it wouldn't matter. So Lord, teach us to love fiercely. And since you have taught us in your word, help us apply it. Help us apply the 13 in 1 Corinthians 13, but also these extra three. And God, help us see them as vital signs that determine relational health. Friend, if you're here today and you've not committed your life to Christ, the most important thing in the world to know is that Jesus loves you fiercely. He went to the cross to die for you, and he asks you to put your faith in him. Would you do that today? Just simply pray, Lord, come into my life, forgive me my sins. I want to follow you from this day forward. And if you do pray that prayer, please let me know about it. Take that connection 
card that's in front of you if you're here uh, physically. If you're online, there's one online you can fill out. Just say, hey, today I am committing my life to Jesus. Just pray, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I want to follow you. If you're here today and you find yourself in the midst of a relational challenge, I want you to know there is hope in Jesus Christ. In fact, with every head bowed and every eye closed, on this Mother's Day, if you need God's help in a particular relationship, would you just stand right where you are? Just right where you are. There's a relationship that means a lot to you. A lot of relationships have become estranged over these last couple of years. Maybe it's extended family. A lot of extended family have been fractured. Maybe it's a relationship with your wife. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Maybe it's a relationship with with people at work or school or other friends. Just stand to your feet wherever you are. Say, Lord, I need help. I need your intervention. I need healing. I need you to do what only you can do. God, you know every person in this place. You know every one of our needs. And we ask, oh God, that you will miraculously move in and through our lives. Meet each and every person's needs, we pray. I want to invite our prayer team to come forward, and I'm going to invite all of us to stand. And as our prayer team comes, those of you that are standing initially or anybody else, if you'd like to come and just pray with somebody, I invite you to come even right now as I close in prayer. Lord, thank you on this Mother's Day for the opportunity to come and just talk about uh, relational health, to talk about what it means to love fiercely. And I pray, God, that flowing through us will be the love of Christ. May it be more evident than ever before. May, May it flow through us toward our spouse, through us toward our children, through us toward our parents, through us to any other relationship. We pray, oh God, that you will flow through us as we seek to live, love, and lead like Christ and love fiercely. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you, everybody. You are dismissed. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We love you. We appreciate you. Have an awesome day.